If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode we offer science, stories, skills, and songs to help you slow down, stress less, and love more. It's important to us that every episode is worth your time and that you leave feeling uplifted, inspired, and able to make positive changes in your life. On today's episode, slow the fuck down with downplaying your trauma. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. From the ongoing stress of the pandemic to the financial crisis to the political polarization, you might feel like your last nerve is getting worked. But you push your feelings aside to get on with your busy day. The problem is, pushing your feelings aside doesn't make them magically disappear, although we wish it would. Instead, they build up under the surface and negatively impact your thoughts, feelings, relationships, and even your job. And a buildup of stressful feelings can become trauma. And if you're a human alive in 2022, odds are that you have trauma and don't even know it. So if you're ready to stop saying, I'm fine, when you're really not fine, we dedicate today's show to you. I mean, I think every single one of us has pushed our feelings aside at one point or another and totally downplayed our trauma. Totally. But little kids don't do it. I love watching little kids because they know exactly how they're feeling when they're feeling it in real time. Yeah. And they sure let you know it. <laughs> people think they don't have trauma because that's something that happens to other people or that trauma only comes from big, horrible things happening to you. But actually, trauma symptoms can also come from an accumulation of everyday stress piling up inside of you. Dr. Peter Levine, an industry leader in the study and treatment of trauma for over 40 years, gives his shortest definition of trauma as stuck stress. And who doesn't have stuck stress? Exactly. So people think that what they're feeling doesn't have anything to do with trauma because they don't really know the warning signs. And those warning signs could be trouble sleeping, weight gain, you're jumpy, depressed. Maybe you have chronic tension or fibromyalgia or you feel like you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You can feel trapped, claustrophobic, act like you can do everything by yourself or have a hard time asking for or receiving help. And those are just a few of the symptoms that can relate to trauma. Right. And because of the very nature of the freeze response in our stress response, it's like a numbness barrier to reduce the pain of difficult emotional feelings. So it's really hard to have a clear perspective about how badly something might have impacted you. I'm glad you said that too, because it's really hard to self-identify symptoms of trauma. Yeah, because people don't know that there could be an association between those things that kind of like everybody experiences and everybody feels, right? They don't know that it can actually be linked to trauma. And that's just one of the reasons that people downplay their trauma is that they don't know they have it in the first place. But there's so many reasons that people downplay their trauma. One of them is that we're just busy. We have no time. As a recovering type A and overachiever, <laughs> my life was so packed to the brim. I was so busy. I didn't even know that I had trauma to deal with. And honestly, at that time, had someone been like, hey, I think you 
might have gone through some trauma, my response would have been like, whatever, I don't have time to deal with that. It would have just been one more thing on my already packed to-do list. Yeah. And then when you find out how badly it impacts every single area of your life, then you turn into the people we are now, which the most important thing in the world is that I take whatever time is necessary to deal with my trauma. <laughs> like we are on the complete opposite end of where we used to be when we were younger. <laughs> and you know, part of that is that for a lot of people, their trauma symptoms don't even show up until their 30s, 40s, 50s. So that numbness barrier I was talking about can keep you from feeling the full force or full impact of your trauma. But then your system can only push it down and hide it for so long. It's gonna bubble up. It's always gonna come out somewhere, somehow. And I can't help but think that that's linked to the idea of a midlife crisis. You've had 30, 40, or 50 years of life experience in downplaying your trauma. Of course it's going to come up. Then it uh, erupts like a volcano and sideswipes your life. You know, and then there is the downplaying your trauma because if something really big and horrible did happen to you and, and you know you're traumatized, it can be unsafe to express the trauma. 63% of rapes go unreported because people don't feel safe enough to speak out about it. So then it gets repressed in that way. Our natural tendency is to turn away from pain. We either turn away from it or we turn towards it so much that we let it overwhelm us and we get hyper-focused on it and that's all we can see. We get really, really stuck identifying as a victim long after the abuse or horrible thing has happened to us and we really do get stuck feeling victimized all of the time. I can relate to that. I think I spent over 40 years straight feeling like a victim of my father and other perpetrators. So the opposite side of downplaying your trauma is being all consumed by it. It can just be very challenging and difficult to have that healthy perspective about it. In the beginning, when trauma comes up and you realize that it's trauma that's coming up, to feel overwhelmed and all consumed by it, that's a very natural, healthy response because you're just kind of trying to figure it out and wrap your head around it. But then, as you said, on the opposite side of that, if we stay in that place and don't give ourselves a chance to process through it, it still stays stuck. It stays stuck either way. Yeah. Right? Right. So there's the mired in it or the denying of in it. Either way, we stay stuck in a trauma pattern. That's why getting professional help is so important. My favorite type of professional help is somatic experiencing therapy. You can go to traumahealing.org and find yourself a practitioner there. Many of them work virtually so you can get the help you need, so you can get that healthy perspective and move forward. I totally downplayed my own trauma when I was married to someone who was abusive towards me. And I took way too much responsibility for his behavior. Like I blamed myself for the abuse, which is a really common pattern. I'm sure a lot of women hearing this can relate to doing that. I just kept trying to make myself more and more lovable and perfect so that he would stop abusing me. And one of the ways I downplayed it was by being like super uber spiritual about it. Mm. 
I'm so glad you're bringing this up. You know, like, we're all on a journey. And if I just open my heart and be even more compassionate and more all accepting, my love and my spirituality will heal him and he will stop being so horrible to me. It's like spiritually gaslighting ourselves. You're right. He showed all the signs of narcissistic personality disorder. So as if he wasn't gaslighting me enough, I was gaslighting myself as well. Absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, gaslighting is when the other people use language, use words, try to convince you that you are crazy. They set up situations and have such complete denial and such total innocence that they'll say something and instantly deny they ever said it or do something and deny it ever happened right to your face. And if you're a self-reflective person like I am, it'll just be like, oh, wow, I really thought that you said that. Or in my case, um, you never told me you were going to be leaving the country for a week. I would just wake up one day and he would be gone. And then he'd be like, oh no, I told you that I was going to Switzerland for, and I'd be like, no, you never told me. He would just leave. That's gaslighting. <laughs> and of course, you know, he didn't do any of this behavior before we were married or else I wouldn't have married him. Statistically, it takes up to two years for abusers to show abusive behavior. I have endless empathy for you for having to go through that. And I'm so happy that you brought it up because it's especially easy in relationships to downplay our trauma, especially when things shift and take a turn to the negative after trust has already been established. So I'm just wanting to normalize that for our listeners out there. Yeah. And I had no idea I was traumatized. I was seeing three therapists at the time. So it wasn't like I wasn't getting help either. I was downplaying the abuse so much that my therapist didn't know I was in an abusive relationship. And then sometimes, you know, we'd go to couples therapy and he was the perfect angel doting husband. He just wanted me to be happy. Oh, poor Elizabeth, what's wrong with her that she can't be happy in our marriage? So he would gaslight me to our therapist. And then that's what I was saying, where I would take on all the responsibility of like, oh my God, I'm so broken, or there must be something so wrong with me that I'm not happy in my marriage. But I was with an abusive motherfucker. <laughs> in one of my jobs, the way that I downplayed my trauma was shoving it way down because I didn't want to appear weak. So I was working for an employer that kept giving us more things to do and less time to do them. And I'm not talking about, oh, yeah, you know, we're in a busy season, so we're just going to have to step it up a little bit. I'm talking about slowly over the course of eight years, just giving more to do and a little less time and then more to do and a little less time and then more to do and a little less time. And every time we would say, hey, this feels like it's too much, we would hear, well, the top performer is able to do it. So what is wrong with you? Let's schedule a meeting when we can talk about what you need to change and what's wrong with you in order for you to continue to meet these highly unrealistic and impossible goals. Right. And you were in the business of helping people. So you were given more tasks to do in a shorter amount of time when what people needed was more of your time to actually get the good results. So yeah, you were being gaslit in your job. Right. And I didn't want to appear like the weak one, like the weakest link, because this was a team effort. And 
And that was that, you know, that narrative that was repeated again and again and again. So I just downplayed it. Yeah. And trauma happens when something is happening too much, too soon or too fast. So you had too much too fast. And you were asked to accomplish that in too short of amount of time. And you know, we live in an entire society that judges emotions as weak. <laughs> right? And people don't want to be emotional. They don't want to be weak. And who hasn't apologized for how they're feeling? I know I'm guilty of that. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my god, go on YouTube and look up the amazing <laughs> Amy Schumer. I'm sorry skit. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. That is every woman on the planet who apologizes herself to death for having any feelings or existing. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, we universally feel embarrassed about our emotions. And we definitely have a society that values doing as more important than feeling. And we internalize all that shit. And we put that on ourselves. And you know, the stress response and your emotional feelings happen in a quarter of a second, a quarter of a second, you can't stop them. So you know, you're not weak. And it's not your fault because you have emotions or because you have stress or because you have drama. This shit's happening in a quarter of a second. And there's also no timeline for it, meaning you experience a traumatic event, or you have this accumulation of stress over time that becomes trauma symptoms. There is no, oh, that will take you two weeks to get over. <laughs> that will take you a year to get over. There's no timeline to how long trauma lasts. We all know that childhood traumas affect us our whole life. A great friend of mine said the other day that they only just realized that when they lost their job in the financial crisis in 2008, that they were shell-shocked for about a decade. And only now that they've bounced back so far have been able to have clear perspective and really see with clarity how the rug got pulled out from under them and they were down for a long time. I totally understand that in that job that I was just talking about, I left that job and in my perfect world, I was going to start my own business and just go from one thing to the other. What I ended up realizing is that I had a lot of unprocessed trauma as a result of that job. And so I ended up signing up for a course to help me process that trauma for a good year before I could really start to feel regulated enough in my body to start a business from a good place. And I remember having a conversation with a group of women at this entrepreneurial event the other day, and they were like, so you're inspiring. Like after you left your employer-based job and started your own business, like how'd you do it? What'd you do? I was like, honestly, I took a year off because I had to process my trauma, but thank God I did because I traveled and I got to know myself and I learned how to regulate my nervous system and then got into starting my business. And they just kind of looked at me and they were like, oh, <laughs> I was like, that's the real answer that people don't give. Exactly. So we just don't realize how much a stressful event has impacted us. No, no clue. I was completely clueless. And and then at first I judged myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Casey, like you should be able to just jump right back into this. Like you've set all of this up. But when you ignore your trauma and you don't process it, you're setting yourself up for failure ultimately because it's going to come back up. Yeah, it always bites us on the ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Another way that people downplay their trauma is that they think that they should just be over it by now. Oh, it happened a long time ago. I should be over it by now. And I still hear people using the phrase, just get over it. I want to punch them in the face. So <laughs> I finally got up the nerve when I was 40 years old to have an NVC conversation with my father about my abusive childhood and how it had impacted my life. And I wrote out the NVC first, nonviolent communication, so that I would be communicating with self-responsibility and empathy. And I was really nervous, but I did it over the phone and I got through it. And his response was, that happened such a long time ago, you should be over it by now. And that was it. And you know, we can't make the other person have empathy back for us. <laughs> we can have empathy for ourselves and for others and we can invite them into that empathy but we can't make them express it and I still as well processed as I am right now my best friend's family is living with me and I have a whole fresh onslaught of feelings because they care and they express their care through food, which my mom stopped cooking for me by the time I was 12 or 13 years old, and she stopped even buying groceries. I did the laundry, she didn't do the laundry. I cleaned the house, she didn't. So I did everything on my own from a very young age. And I guess that my bestie has told her mom about that because after the first week or so of taking in all of this care that to her was just a way of being it was just a matter of course I was always like I was always deeply deeply thanking her I still am they're still here and I'm just I feel like I'm thanking them all day all the time and it's very sincere and from my heart and uh, I said something like I'm just not used to someone taking such great care of me and she said well of course not you were always alone. And she even said that like so matter of course and so cleanly, like it was just a statement of fact because it's just a statement of fact. <laughs> I was always alone. And it was like, yeah, that's why I never felt safe. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to feed myself. Like all these super basic things were really a steep learning curve for me. And it's been so great to use them as a barometer to see how far I've come. I'm able to open up and receive it with not too much guilt, which can happen to those of us who experience neglect. Once we get what we really want, we can feel guilty about it or undeserving. Um, so I'm really working on that. I'm actually really working my energy system a lot to stay grounded, to open my heart, to let it in. Because even when we get what we want in a kind and loving way, even that can be overwhelming and our hearts can close and we can have problems receiving goodness. So that's part of trauma too. And if you downplay your trauma, you can actually stay closed and not let goodness in because you don't know how to feel safe enough to open your heart because what came at you in the past wasn't safe, so your habitual response is to close your heart when anything comes at you and not be able to discern, oh, this is a safe, good thing. I can let this in. So spending a lot of time in a very deep place of gratitude, seeing how different I would be as a human if I had gotten my basic biological needs met and a safe roof over my house and a safe roof over my head since childhood, I would be an utterly different person. 
(laughs) throughout my life. So it's a disservice for me to downplay my trauma. And the way I stay out of being a total victim of it is by that matter of fact, acknowledging it and then continuing to get professional support, take excellent care of my nervous system by regulating it with the nonlinear movement method and my five-step de-stress system that I teach and I use for myself every day, a hundred times a day. So yeah, I've just had this whole very, very new experience in my life of very present love and care. And it's let a lot of light in through the cracks to shine in the little places in me where I might have still been downplaying my trauma a little bit. And you mentioned earlier how trauma doesn't really have a timeline. Oh, I meant to say time limit. Trauma doesn't have a time limit, that there's no set timeline. And your story is a perfect example of that. Not having your needs met when you were little, having to cook for yourself, having to do your own laundry, even with all of your therapy and processing, which has definitely helped to heal some of those layers. And now it's beautiful to witness you with the support of your best friend's mom, who's cooking delicious food that I'm regularly jealous of, who's helping with laundry, who's helping with cleaning, and to witness you as a friend and a business partner who I really care about receiving that care on on even a, a deeper level than than you've been able to before it's why we go through all of the effort to process trauma so that we can let the love in so that we can let care in so that we can practice feeling good and i think that that's the why behind why why go through all this why is is because you're just continually learning how you can let more love in how you can feel a little bit better how you can feel good it's fascinating to me to see the the different layers of trauma and how it unfolds throughout our lifetime. So I want to share this next part because I used to hear the word trauma and not be able to connect to it. Or I judged it as some like super emotional, heady thing that I couldn't really connect to. Because I'm more of an experiential human, until I actually physically experience something, it's really hard for me to give it validity. And that was the case with trauma. I didn't realize that trauma stayed in the body. Trauma is stuck stress, and we all have stress. When we have a lot of it, it gets stuck in the body. So I remember being in a relationship, a really beautiful, healthy relationship. And every time that we would go to have sex or that there would be some type of intimacy, I noticed this feeling inside of me that just felt empty. I felt disassociated from my body. Like like I knew that I was physically there, but I wasn't actually there. And that emptiness and that disconnect was what led me to take the course in love, sex, and relationship coaching because I really wanted to figure out why I couldn't feel connected to my my partner in the way that I really wanted to. And so through taking that course, I realized that the reason that I couldn't connect to my partner in the way that I wanted to was because I had so much unprocessed trauma that it formed a numbing shell around what felt like my whole body that was actually preventing me from connecting to myself. And I couldn't deeply connect to my partner in that in that way that I was that I was craving because 
because I couldn't connect to myself. And so part of this course was doing these embodiment practices where we had to slow the F down and we had to practice being with physical parts of our body and being with the sensations safely and lovingly sitting with the discomfort that came up in different parts of our bodies that were holding on to these various traumas and then processing through them. And it was through doing that process a a couple hundreds, now thousands of times that actually allowed me to connect with myself and feel my own body again in that that numbness that had been there for so long that I didn't even realize was there. I knew how to work with so that I, I could reconnect back in and then have those types of deeper connections in intimacy. I think it's really important to recognize that the body isn't separate from trauma. This doesn't all just exist in your head. It, it physically exists in your body too. It absolutely does. And it plays out as intimacy issues for so many people, men and women. You know, I mentioned my mom earlier and uh, her not cooking and cleaning and, and taking care of me and me being alone all the time. And I want everyone to know that I love my mom very much. And I actually did downplay the trauma she had inflicted in my life because I did something that's really, really common when one parent is extremely abusive, which is we make one parent the devil and the other parent the angel. So my dad was the devil. He was the bad guy. My mom was the good guy. She could do no wrong. And up until I was 30 years old and got a call from my mom and she said, I want to apologize for not being as present and supportive as I could have been when you were a child. And my response to her was, no, 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 no because she was taking herself off the pedestal that I had held her on all my life of she was all good, dad was all bad. And I'm so thankful that I had already started therapy by then and could go see my therapist about that because I kind of was in a free fall after that because I had denied that huge swath of trauma of my childhood and how much incredible stress I was under by being alone all of the time and having to do everything to keep our house running. And my truth is, I have so much empathy for my mom that even though I I process through and I can see how she wasn't present and was very neglectful, I don't feel blame towards her. I get it. She was traumatized and she had no knowledge of it. Talk about someone who pushed forward, worked 12-hour days, did everything she could while being an extremely traumatized single mother. I get it. And I see how her downplaying her trauma, both of my grandmothers downplaying theirs, my grandfather downplaying his, how it's been this generational trauma of downplaying trauma and pretending it didn't happen and wasn't that bad when it really was for all of us. One of my grandmothers was institutionalized because she fell down the stairs while holding her baby and killed her daughter. And the word trauma was never used. And she was given shock therapy and sent back home to be a wife and raise her children that were still living with no extra therapy, no support. My other grandmother lost her mother at 13 and raised five children. And her father was so traumatized, he stopped speaking for two years. Didn't say a word to anybody. And she just got on with it. There's these generations I'm involved in of downplaying and not dealing with the stress and trauma that had built up in their life. 
And when I started studying physical trauma in 1993, and then I saw the links to emotional trauma and how the body is always involved in trauma, I was like, this generational trauma ends with me. And that's why my life has been all about healing. I didn't want to have children and pass this on. And thank goodness I dodged that bullet because now I'm 56. I'm on the other side of menopause. Yeehaw! (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the reasons that addressing your trauma, processing your trauma, healing your trauma is one of the greatest acts of love that you can do because you're not passing it on. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't have biological children, you're not passing it on to nieces, nephews, friends, lovers. And when I was listening to you share your story about your grandmothers, I, I just noticed this contraction in my throat and in my heart and just this feeling of total stuckness of like this very strong emotion that just feels totally stuck. And it makes me immensely grateful for the fact that trauma is a word that's used now, that there are so many helpful tools and resources that you and I can sit here on this podcast and talk about it, that you have dedicated your life to be a trauma healer. That's a privilege to be born in a time where that even exists. Absolutely. Trauma can go back generations, 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 ancestors, ancestors, ancestors. And this isn't a woo-woo concept. This has been proven in neuroscience that your genes hold on to trauma. In fact, I, I now do these packages of relationship cord healings, and someone came to me and asked if I would do ancestral relationship cord healings because she felt that this very specific thing she was dealing with, she said, I think this goes back hundreds of years. And we found it. We found it in the relationship cord healing. We went all the way back to this original trauma and how it played out throughout generations. And now she can go forward in her life not living it because one of the things that happens when we downplay or deny or push aside our trauma is that we make a lot of painful choices over and over. And sometimes we do it and we're like, why am I doing this? Sometimes we even realize, oh my God, I'm doing that thing again, right? So we make a lot of mistakes and painful choices over and over and we feel kind of like caught in a trap of doing it. And that's how she felt about this thing. But now just like with me like it ends with her she's not passing it on to her daughters she's not passing it on to her grandchildren and so I think that's a really inspirational reason for not downplaying your trauma and dealing with it because people tend to care more about others and care more about their kids than they care about themselves so if you can use that as an excuse we support you in that And the more I've become aware of how I'm downplaying my own trauma, the better coach I've been able to be because I can hold even more compassion and understanding when I see somebody else downplaying their own trauma. Yes. So again, if you feel like you have a lot of unprocessed trauma or you feel raw, I highly recommend going to traumahealing.org and finding yourself a somatic experiencing therapist. And of course, Casey and I are always here for you. Our deep, profound, beautiful Love Yourself program starts in October. And if you're a woman who wants to learn how to love yourself, go to thelove.school and see if that program is right for you. Feel into it if you get that green light. We use these trauma-informed somatic-based systems to really help you get to the root 
of how you downplay your trauma, hold yourself back, and don't love yourself as much as you know you could. So just go to thelove.school and enroll if it feels good to you. And we're going to give you a wonderful slowdown skill right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, slowdown fans. It's me, Mother Nature. When my trees feel threatened by an insect or an animal, they emit a chemical that sends a distress message to the other trees. The other trees then produce that chemical to ward off the potential predator from threatening them. They don't deny what's happening. They acknowledge that they are distressed and share that they need support so that they can regulate themselves and return to a healthy state of being. Learn from trees and get skilled at regulating your nervous system so that you can return to a healthy state of being after feeling stressed or traumatized. Thank you, Mother Nature. And now for your slowdown skill. Right now, take a nice deep breath. Place your hand on your heart and let yourself really feel these words. I'm willing to be honest about my trauma. I'm willing to be honest about my trauma. I'm willing to be honest about my trauma. And I get the help I need today. I get the help I need today. I get the help I need today. We always want to set you up for success so that you can slow down, stress less, and love more. And we can't do that without you. So if you're digging our content and want more personalized slowdown goodness, become a sloth patron and get free access to our super slowdown stress release classes that are live over Zoom. You'll learn a method that's guaranteed to unstick your stress from your body on a cellular level. Plus, you'll get early access to all episodes and our live Q&As. Go to patreon.com slash slow the F down show, all one word. That's patreon.com slash slow the F down show and choose the tier that works best for you. And to our existing patrons, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you and your support means the world to us. Hey, Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? My favorite part of today's show is um, before Elizabeth and I get on to record, we always change our names to something ridiculous. So that when Liz is editing, it can give her a little smile. And I've never used these words before, and I've never heard Elizabeth say them either. But for whatever reason, today before we got on, both of us changed our name to D's Nuts. (laughs) We laughed until we cried for like 10 minutes. I've never said it or written it in my life. And you look at me when we get on and you're like, wait, are you D's Nuts too? Ha 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 ha!
Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? I think um, realizing how far I've come with not downplaying my own trauma and actually knowing that I'm not passing it on through my own genes really makes me feel good. And giving permission to others for how they feel or what they might be doing to themselves just making them aware of that. I just think it's gonna touch and help a lot of people and give them the inspiration and courage they need to start dealing with their trauma in a healthy way. Because when we don't deal with it in a healthy way, we definitely deal with it in unhealthy ways. On our next episode, slow the fuck down with holding on to regrets. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.